This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Week five is here. We're going to go over Thursday night football, of course. Uh, some interesting running back situations, you know, in, in tonight's game. Uh, we're also going to go over our week five quarterback rankings, our week five running back rankings. Uh, we got some interesting rankings <laughs> yeah. this week. <laughs> to say uh, yeah, yeah, Zach. I don't think Zach's a big fan of my rankings this week, uh, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, let's um, talk about the Thursday night game real quick. Let's get right into it. Jonathan Taylor is going to be out tonight, right? And Naheem Hines and Philip Lindsay seem to be the guys who are going to carry the load here. Um, you know, and we'll get into where I have Naheem Hines. And, you know, spoiler alert, I have Naheem Hines all the way down at RB26 for the week. Uh, that might be a little bit low, uh, but there is a lot of. I think unknown when it comes to how this backfield is going to shake out, you know, Jonathan Taylor himself, you know, couldn't really get a whole lot going right yeah. uh, on, on this offense. So, you know, is, is there going to be a split split between these two guys? Is Naheem Khan's going to get, you know, uh, most of the work, a lot of the work, all the work. There's a lot of questions here. How are you, how are you treating this backfield today? I'm treating it. I think to, you know, you say I'm not very, really a big fan of your rankings. I think Naeem Hines is ranked appropriately here because Jonathan Taylor couldn't get fantasy production going in this offense. And I don't think Naeem, Naeem Hines is going to get much more production going either. Um, Denver is a very good defense. That's what's been carrying them through the games. That's the whole reason they, they're two and two. Um, if their defense didn't play as well, I could see Denver being one and three, oh, and four right now. But um, needless to say, you know, they've been eating offenses alive so far, except for the Raiders, apparently, which <laughs> we'll talk about. But um, Naeem Hines. He's not a talent upgrade over Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor couldn't get it going. The offensive line for Indianapolis has been bad. And Matt Ryan's been turning the ball over like crazy. I'm expecting more of the same to continue. I think Naeem Hines, it's not going to be a problem of him not getting his touches. I think he'll get touches, but I don't think that his overall volume, you know, he's not going to be on the field enough to have that big week that we might want him to have in relief for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, there are a couple of things to, you know, be you know if you want to be positive about Naheem Hines, you can find reasons to. The the yeah. you know Denver has allowed 5.4 yards per carry to running backs, which is second only behind the Chargers. Um, not something that I expected honestly when I was looking at these stats. Um, they right. haven't given up a ton of receptions to running backs, and that's where Naheem Hines you would figure that's where he would get a lot of his uh his work. Uh, but here are the running backs they played against so far: uh, Rashad Penny. Damian Pierce, Jeff Wilson, those guys aren't really big pass catchers anyway, not really involved in the pass game a ton. Um, and, and Jacobs last week in his new role ended up catching five or six balls. So yeah. I think Hines has some upside. I think he'll be okay in this game. Um, and also if the Colts are, you know, if they, they do go down this game, which, you know, you never know with Denver's offense, but they are playing in Denver. You know, Russell Wilson looked a lot better last week. Hines does have a, a chance to rack up some catches. Uh, the Colts are three and a half point underdogs tonight. So there is some chances for Naheem Hines to do his thing. I just don't think I can rank him uh, above, you know, kind of like the more sure things, I would say, um, yeah. you know, uh, going into week five. I, I think that's fair. I, I'm yeah. not, I mean, we've seen Naheem Hines do his thing even with Jonathan Taylor on the field, but I said just the offense overall in Indianapolis, I don't think is very fantasy conducive. They haven't been scoring many touchdowns. So now Michael Pittman staying on that same side, uh, staying on the same side of the ball, Michael Pittman, you know, is likely going to be shadowed 
by Patrick Sertan. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a tough matchup. Quarterbacks have been targeting Patrick Sertan, um, you know, 25, 26% uh, of routes against him, but he's been holding his own this year. Um, so, you know, number one wide receivers haven't necessarily gone crazy against these guys. Denver has allowed the third least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. Uh, so not great for Michael Pittman this year. However, I'm starting him. I'm starting him as a, you know, top 13, top 14 wide receiver. You know, this isn't a situation where, like, I'm looking to bench Michael Pittman. I understand last week he didn't get it done. They were double teaming the shit out of him. What you want is what you want is one-on-one coverage, you know, when it comes to guys like Michael Pittman, because when that happens, uh, they're more likely to get the ball. Right. If they're doubled, yeah. if they're bracketed, the quarterbacks just aren't going to be targeting them. Um, and in this situation, if Sertan is on him and he's not getting a whole lot of help and they're not double teaming him, that's better. I, I prefer that personally. You know, I hear you. Michael Pittman, he's a start, you know, regardless of who he's going up against. And usually and I'm I don't know, I don't have any stats right now to back this up. But usually when you look at matchups, big name matchups, a, a top receiver versus top corner, usually the top receiver is able to get it done. It's right. not like they just get shut down and they don't do anything, you know, in a game where Michael Pittman's going to be the only guy pretty much for the Colts offensively catching the ball. I mean, Moali Cox did have that game last week. He did good in the red zone. He got two touchdown catches there, but they're going to have to depend on him this, the, the, you know, tonight, right? Like they don't have Jonathan yeah. Taylor. Like he's their cog right in their offense, or at least what they try. They want him to be the cog in their offense. He hasn't necessarily right. been that cog this season, uh, but Michael Pittman, they're going to have to find ways to get him involved if they have any chance of winning this game. And granted, he was a little banged up, but now the Colts have pretty much been stripped of their identity fully before it was going into the season. They figured that John offensive line would have the run game going. It would help Matt Ryan. And that hasn't come together at all. Now they're missing Jonathan Taylor, the guy that was supposed to make it happen on the ground, and they still have that bad offensive line. So something has to produce. Somebody has to produce for the Colts for them to have any type of chance tonight. And Michael Pittman, you know, like you said, he has to be that guy. If he's not, yeah. you know, then that's pretty bad news for this Colts offense because they're already not very good defensive football. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, now to that's about it for the Colts. On the other side of the ball. We have Melvin Gordon, who I'm also not really ranking too high. I do have him as a low-end RB2 this week at RB22, and we'll get there. Um, but the thing with Gordon is that, dude, the Broncos trust him, right? And if I had to guess, like, moving – like, it's not like – I'm not saying that I'd rather have Mike Boone on my roster <laughs> than Melvin yeah. Gordon right now. If I have Melvin Gordon on my roster, uh, I feel pretty good in terms of him – continuing to get the opportunity um you know in in javante williams place uh but the matchup is not amazing for him this week and you know i like to be conservative you know this is his first week as the 1a in this backfield um at the rate that he's been fumbling who knows if the broncos staff trust him so that's the mm -hmm. reason why i'm kind of like a little iffy to place him you know above as like a solid rb2 this week um he does have RB1 upside because if he gets all the work, right, that Javante yeah. Williams was getting and then the work that he was getting, that's RB1 type of work. However, the Colts have been the third best defense in the NFL against the run. They're only allowing 3.1 yards a carry. Um, and, you know, if but this ends up being a close game, if if Indy ends up going, uh, I'm sorry, if Denver ends up going ahead, uh, I think Gordon can rack up some work. And if he does rack up some work, then he will he will end up breaking one here or there. I think he's still a good running back. I think he's had a pretty tough, rough start to the season. Um, but I think with some opportunity, you know, if he, he kind of focuses on not losing the ball and not fumbling, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I think he can pick up the slack here for the season. You know, he's disappointed fantasy managers. Not that we were expecting too much out of him these first four weeks, but he's dropped the ball a lot and hasn't demonstrated the ability to secure the ball very well. But I think he could bounce back here. I think 22, having him ranked at 22, is relatively conservative. I kind of have him as a low RB2, and that's where you have him ranked here. I think he has RB2 upside. I'm not sure if he has RB1 upside this week. Um, like we said, it's a tough matchup against Indianapolis. but um, you know, Russell Wilson looked more like Russell Wilson, which is encouraging for me overall because that means the pass catchers are going to get more work. If Melvin Gordon can catch a few balls, that would be great for him. I don't know how Mike Boone is going to rotate in. He might get the passing down work. We'll have to see. It's a big unknown right now. Like, it's the battle of the backup running backs tonight. You know, we're going to 
figure out a lot more than we we're going to know a lot more coming out of this game than we do going into it. Um, although Melvin Gordon, if I had to pick between Niam Hines and Melvin Gordon, I, I'd be starting Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and, and and as far as Russell Wilson goes, I have him ranked as my QB 15 this week. Um, the Colts haven't let up a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks. They held Patrick Mahomes, you know, relatively in check in week three. That was the best quarterback that they went up against. And, you know, Wilson, you know, he only has one good game under his belt. So I don't want to yeah. you know jump the gun and assume that he's going to be a top 12 guy. So I have my QB 15. I do like a couple other quarterbacks over him, uh, you know. I think they have a better chance of making it into that top 10, top 12 ranks this week when it's all said and done. Um, who else we got? We got Corton Sutton. Corton Sutton, I have him also pretty high. I have him around uh, wide receiver 13, wide receiver 14-ish. Um, his matchup also like isn't amazing. Uh, I don't think Stephon Gilmore is going to be shadowing him. Stephon Gilmore has actually been playing pretty well. Um so, like, you know, he's actually – let me see the rate that he's being targeted at. Um, yeah, Stephon Gilmore, when he's being targeted, is allowing, you know, uh, 0.36 fantasy points per route run. That isn't amazing in terms of, like, him shutting people down. So I'm not really worried about this matchup. Um, if you look at what Indy has given up this season, uh, on Stephon Gilmore's side, they've, pretty, they've been pretty stout. But overall – uh, the fourth least fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Um, but that also has to do a lot with the fact that the Indy has been a slow offense. And because of that, they haven't been given up a lot, of, a lot of plays. But on a per-play basis, um, they're kind of middle of the pack in terms of defending wide receivers. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily be trying to take Sutton out of my lineup or anything like that. He's going to be in your lineup as a high-end wide receiver, two borderline wide receiver one. Yeah, I think you can start Sutton with confidence. And I think so I mean, so far he's been matchup proof. You know, he's produced pretty much exactly the same in all four of his games, even with the Broncos offense being in a lull. So if the Broncos offense can find a footing, we saw a little bit of it last week against the Raiders, even though they did lose. Um, if Russell Wilson can get back to looking like Russell Wilson like he did last week, you know, Cortland Sutton's his ceiling could be very high because even while the offense has been underperforming, he's been performing perfectly fine. Um He's had at least, I think, seven targets in every game, and he's put up double-digit fantasy points every game, PPR-wise. Um, there's no reason to not start him. Cortland Sutton, I, I'm not going to, you know, beat around the bush here. He's he's a solid starter for you with our wide receiver one upside. He's wide receiver two every week, guaranteed. And not low end, he's high end. Jerry Judy, I think he is a, a decent start this week. He's probably going to be ranked as a wide receiver three for me, maybe a mid-wide receiver three. I think he'll be solid. This is a neutral matchup uh, against Kenny Moore uh, out of the slot. That's where Judy runs most of his routes from. So he'll he'll be fine. You know, I, I love the matchup last week. He was able to get it done for you this week. Neutral matchup. So, you know, n- not necessarily a must start, but most likely if you're in a regular 10 or 12 team league, he's going to be in your lineup. Right. And I think that's it. Am I missing anybody? I think that's about it. It's In terms of Mike Boone and Latavius Murray, like I'm not really, you know, starting these guys. You know, Mike Boone is more of a wait and see for me. Or, you know, if you're in a 14 team league, desperate flex situation if you're a 12 team league that's starting two flexes maybe you know he's a desperate flex um what do you think about philip Lindsay? do you think you know he ends up getting a little bit of run here um who would you rather start today if you had mike choice between mike boone and philip Lindsay? mike boone it's not really close um we heard that philip Lindsay might get a little work but i'm not betting on that you know naim hines is technically he's the rb1 now with jonathan taylor out and i don't think they're going to stray too far away from him in the backfield um, we know Mike Boone is going to have some sort of workload, and I'm just kind of betting on the confidence on that because we saw him last week in relief of John, Javante Williams. So I'm betting on the solid workload that Mike Boone's probably going to have, even though it might not be very much. It's going to be there. I know that. Philip Lindsay, we haven't seen him all season. And we're not sure what he's going to look like. Like I said, that Colts offense isn't that good. I'm not going to be starting Philip Lindsay or over Mike Boone. I'm not really no. paying much mind to Philip Lindsay at all unless he has some tremendous night. Like I'm expecting four or five carries he might have 20 yards and if there's a catch i'd be surprised yeah that's about it philippines should be off your off your radar right now you you have to be really really desperate in order to put (laughs) philippines in your lineup all right let's let's get let's move over to our quarterback rankings um i think that's about it for our thursday night football preview um 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And no surprise here, I have Josh Allen as my number one quarterback. Uh, the Bills have the highest implied total for the week against the Steelers at home. Uh, you know, crazy to think that last week's performance was a down week for him. Yeah. He still got it done for you in a big way. Um, Lamar Jackson at number two here. Vegas is expecting this game to be very close. The Ravens are only favored by three points at home. Um, so this has the makings of a shootout. Uh, and Joe Burrow, you know, should have no issues putting up numbers, you know, up with his weapons against a Ravens secondary, giving up a ton of production right now. So this is what you want for Lamar to reach his ceiling. Josh Allen went, went up against this secondary last week. Unfortunately, the weather wasn't ideal for his wide receivers to absolutely go apeshit. Uh, right. But it, I think I think Lamar Jackson and, and Josh Allen are both, you know, uh, going to be really, really high-end starters this week. Lamar Jackson can absolutely have another 40-point game uh, this week um, oh, yeah. You know, for you. There will be three 40-point games in four weeks, <laughs> whatever is that, it was. Is that, is that for us bold prediction for this week? Lamar, t- well, Lamar tops 40 again? <laughs> I, 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 I think so, man. I think so. I, I, I don't see how he doesn't end up doing it. But, but yeah, so, uh, you know, it's in terms of like, like you could see that I have Joe Burrow here pretty high. Right. Yeah. And that's part of the reason, because I do think this is going to end up being a shootout. I have him above Joe. Uh, I have him a, above Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray because the Ravens uh, are extremely vulnerable to their wide receivers. And obviously, you know, Joe Burrow has three of the best, you know, one of the best wide receiver trios in the league. Definitely one of the best wide receiver duos, if not the best wide receiver duo in the league. Um, so I, I expect him to put up big numbers and I expect Lamar Jackson to to be putting up big numbers as well so them going back and forth i love joe burrow this week yeah and historically we've seen you know tremendous fantasy outings between the ravens and the Bengals. you know both directions lamar jackson having big days when he i remember was it during his mvp season just ripping up the middle for 60 yard touchdown and with that one spin move you remember that and then and then was it last year where the Bengals just absolutely torched the ravens and joe burrow threw for like four touchdowns five touchdowns was huge game so this matchup itself has been very good for fantasy in the past few years, and it's not going to stop. You know, it's going to be an awesome matchup. I believe this is the eight twenty game, the nighttime primetime game on Sunday. It is. I, so, yeah, expect fireworks. It's going to be a huge game. Um, we could say this about – it seems like we've been saying this about every Ravens game this year, um, but there's no reason not to. Lamar Jackson has that rushing upside. Um, I think he has one of the safest floors every week because of – his his rushing ability and Joe Burrow, um, their Bengals are starting to look like the Bengals again. So I'd love to see this be a high scoring game, and I think it will. We have Jalen Hurts at number three against Arizona. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at number four. Uh, he, you know, him, he's going up against Vegas at home. They have the highest over under of the week uh, for that game. The second highest implied total for the Chiefs. Uh, so you know, plug Patrick Mahomes in there. I, I was going to put Joe Burrow above Mahomes, but I think Mahomes is going to do his thing in Vegas as well. Uh, and then followed by Justin Herbert at number six. And that's kind of where one of the tiers end for me. Yeah. Um, and then I have these other guys, like Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, Derek Carr. You know, Vegas, you know, has the cards. Let's see, at an applied total of only 22 points uh, this week. A little bit of a tough matchup against Philly, even though it's at home. You know, Kyler Murray and this offense – just overall has struggled for the most part. They haven't looked great. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he's making do with what he has, um, but he's not an ideal offensive coach for the NFL. And it's showing, you know, over the first few weeks. The good thing is they have Kyler Murray, they have some weapons, and they're they're getting it done whichever way they can. Um, But, you know, Kyler Murray is somebody that, you know, even in a bad game, he could still put up 20 for you. And Mm -hmm. if he rushes one in, he ends up with like 25, right? Which is what he did last week. So um, even in the not in a not so great matchup, Kyler Murray can still do his thing. I I look at Kyler Murray and he's really 
keeping the Cardinals afloat right now, at least on offense. Um, it wasn't any more evident than against that game against Las Vegas where they came back and then, you know, he ran like 80 yards on the two-point conversion and ran it in himself for two points. Like, Kyler Murray, I don't have any worries about him. People might be worried that his production hasn't been necessarily what we expected it to be. You know, he's usually the guy that's off to a hot start and then he slows down a little bit at the end of the season. That's not the case. He's been kind of mid-tier. You know, he's been a good start for you every week, but he hasn't had the ceiling that you were looking for when you drafted him. I think it's only going to keep better. I think right now, and a lot of people in the fantasy community would agree that you could probably target him and buy him a little bit low um, mm-hmm. because when he gets his weapons back, you know, he's going to be much better, I think, fantasy-wise. Uh, the whole offense overall will be better fantasy-wise. But I think for now, Kyler Murray, especially against a tough matchup in Philly, even though they are in Arizona, I think that seven is appropriate. He's going to produce for you regardless because of his rushing ability and it's, it's only up from here. So I think he is fair. He's the top end of the second tier of quarterbacks you can start. Um, Justin Herbert just has a slightly better floor. All the other guys do too. But um, I, I like Kyler Murray. He's edging on that territory before we get to the Tom Brady's and Carson Wentz's. Yeah, yeah the Tom Brady's and Carson Wentz's. We're <laughs> <laughs> in the same category. Um, but yeah, I have Brady at eight here, uh, even higher than I did last last week. But the Bucks have the high, the third highest implied total for the week. Um, you know, he has Chris Godwin back. He threw for 385 yards and three touchdowns last week. Granted, you know, he had to throw in a ton with Casey up all game. Uh, yeah. But his receivers had good matchups, have good matchups this week, you know, against Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. you know, now that Godwin's back, I like Brady a lot more for fantasy. Three of four quarterbacks so far going up against Atlanta. They were able to put up very solid fantasy days against them. Uh, Matt Stafford uh, has been terrible this year and his one good game was against Atlanta. So yeah. I think Brady ends up, you know, having a pretty good uh, week on Sunday. Yeah. I think Tom Brady has a very safe floor because of the matchup. Um, like we said, Tom Brady hasn't looked like Tom Brady and whether that's just, you know, missing guys on offense or dealing with Giselle off field, um, it remains to be seen. Oh, of course we had to, we had to bring it up. Of course. I was trying not yeah, to yeah. bring it up. We had to bring it up. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so regardless of what it is, he hasn't looked the same as he was last season, especially for fantasy purposes. Um, this is, if I'm not mistaken, his worst start, I think with the Buccaneers in terms of fantasy football. So he hasn't looked the same. But I think he can get back to that because now he has, like you said, Chris Godwin is back. Mike Evans is still there. He's going to have his full complement of weapons. And, you know, it's a plus matchup. You can have him ranked at eight. I think that's fair. His ceiling might not necessarily be there, but his floor is super, super, super high, um, especially in this matchup. So, yeah, eight is good. I think so. Uh, I had Carson Wentz back in number nine. And, you know, this one is like way, way above consensus. I think consensus rankings have him at like number 16 or 17 yeah. or something like that this week. But like we talked about this before, right? Like Wentz had, he had two tough matchups, uh, but I do expect them to bounce back this week. You know, Titans, the Titans defense, they got 356 passing yards to Matt Ryan last week. Um, yeah. and, and through through four games, Tennessee has given up 10 passing touchdowns. So this is a pass first offense, even without Jahan Dotson, I think Wentz should get it done. Yeah, I think that's fair. I am a little bit Larry because, you know, Carson Wentz, he tends to go on, you know, streaks where he's not so good and he's been rattled the past two games. It's it's going to come down to the pass protection for me. I don't think the Titans have anyone you have to be scared of with pass rushing. So this could end up being a plus matchup for Carson Wentz. Um, I think not having Jahan Dotson does hurt a little bit because I think of all the Washington receivers, he showed the best connection with Dotson. Um, and that might be surprising. I'm not surprised. I thought that Dotson was very good. I thought he was like, like I said, he's a solid receiver, very QB friendly. Um, but I think this might open the door. You know, if Carson Wentz can have a day like we're projecting to have, it might open the door for guys like Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel to show up again and be a little bit more fancy relevant than they have been. I like Carson Wentz here, but I think there's also his range of outcomes is pretty wide. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up underperforming just because this is so high. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm I'm looking to acquire Carson Wentz in a lot of leagues, especially two quarterback leagues. Um, I think his ceiling is just at the point, you know, his ceiling is higher. He's, he showed that ceiling in week one and week two. I just think the offense is just conducive to fantasy points, especially in the past game. Right. Um, we got Derek Carr at number 10 here. Tom Brady just threw three touchdowns and almost 400 yards against uh, the Chiefs last week. And, you know, granted, that's, that's Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. Matt Ryan, though, he threw two touchdowns this the week before that. Justin Herbert threw 
three touchdowns in week two. Kyler Murray, two touchdowns in week one. I think Carr should have a solid game against KC, you know, and this is the highest highest total for the week. Uh, so, I, And also, there's a chance that Renfro is back. He did return to practice yesterday in a limited capacity, um, mm-hmm. and that's a good sign for him to come back from that concussion uh, and him to be cleared from the concussion protocol. So I think uh, Derek Carr, I think this week will be fine. Uh, any anytime I put Derek Carr in my top ten, it never works out. Uh, but you know, it because it's Derek Carr, and you know, right. I blame him, not not me. Uh, if he has a bad game, <laughs> don't blame me. Uh, right. he, he has it set up for this week. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, I would still you know have him in my lineup this week. I, I I think he's a solid start. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to 11 through 20. Here we got Kirk Cousins at number 11, Trevor Lawrence at 12. Um, Kirk Cousins, you know. The uh, Vikings are tied for the fifth highest implied total on the week against Chicago. Chicago's defense, you know, they're a slow offense. They run the ball a lot. Uh, it is possible that they're able to control the game a little bit just because of the fact that the Vikings are not a good run defense. And if Chicago ends up, you know, controlling the clock, that isn't a great thing for the Vikings. However, I trust Vegas here. And, I, you know, uh, they seem to like Vic- the Vikings to score a ton of points. That's one of the reasons why I like Dalvin Cook this week as well. Um, yeah. But but and we saw what Saquon Barkley was able to do against Chicago last week. But uh, mm-hmm. I think Kirk Cousins is relatively safe. I think he should be ranked as a quarterback one. You know, given the fact that you know these quarterbacks under him, you know, might not have as great of matchups. Like I have Trevor Lawrence against Houston. I think, you know, the Jaguars are going to score some points this week for sure. But I think a lot of it's going to be co- come in the run game um, rather than the pass game. And uh, you know, for me, you could have Lawrence at eleven. I think Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence. Jared Goff, I think these guys are like relatively interchangeable um, yeah. for this week, so they're kind of in the same tier for me. Um, I don't really, ha- I'm not really, uh, I don't feel strongly about any of these guys. The reason why I have Kirk Cousins at 11 is because of that implied total. Um, yeah. Jared Goff at 13, you know, despite all the quarterback issues in New England, the Patriots are favored in this game, um, <laughs> and, and and there's a 46 and a half uh, total, so yeah which I'm kind of surprised about. Uh, and Lamar, he was the only quarterback to really go off on the Patriots so far. So mm-hmm. I don't have as high expectations after Goff's huge game last week. I remember, like, you know, Goff can come back down to earth. He's not like the superstar quarterback. He got it done last week against the Seahawks, a much better um, a much better matchup for him. And, you know, he's going to be up and down just like he has this year. So yeah. he's not like a slam dunk just because he did well last week. Yeah, I'm genuinely surprised that, you know, maybe the Patriots are favored in that game. Me too. I actually, Me too. I actually have the Lions winning that one, but that's you know nothing to do with fancy. I think the offense in Detroit is very well, very much improved. Um, the defense in New England might be good, but I think the Lions are going to score points regardless. And I don't know how many points the Patriots are going to be able to put up. I mean, obviously they hung with Green Bay last week, but I, I'm not sure it's going to be repeated again. I know. Me, that's I think, why I'm surprised too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so, surprised that they're favorite. So like, I, I'm okay with Jared Goff at 13. I'd say Kirk Cousins and Trevor Lawrence are interchangeable. I'd. I'm bumping Jared Goff down just a little bit because it is a yeah. tough matchup and they're on the road. But Kirk Cousins and Trevor Lawrence are interchangeable. They're very similar, I think, in terms of the way um, they've been producing this year. Kirk Cousins, I think the matchup is just a little bit better. Houston isn't horrendous. They just haven't won games. You know, all of the games have been relatively close, even if they were coming back from it, from um, being down in a deficit. Um, and we're not sure, obviously. Obviously, the Jacksonville looks much better, much improved from last year, but we're still not sure if there's um, a clear-cut team, at least I'm not, over Houston right now. This will be telling for me. I think Trevor Lawrence will score points, but I'm not sure if it's going to be a humongous day like other quarterbacks have had against him. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they've only allowed four passing touchdowns in four games. Right. Houston has. So this might not be the, the best matchup. You know, like on paper, it might seem, oh, it's Houston. You know, they, they suck. Mm-hmm. But actually, they've only allowed – they only averaged – one pass touchdown per game. I mean, they're obviously giving up a ton on the ground, um, yeah. and that's where teams are going to be trying to win. And I think that's why I have Damian Pierce ranked very high this week. I think he's going to go go off potentially. Um, mm-hmm. But Trevor Lawrence, like you know, he's still a top off quarterback. He should be fine. Yeah, I got Aaron Rodgers at number fourteen here. He hasn't really showed his ceiling this year. You know, he hasn't surpassed seventeen fantasy points uh, in in regular four point passing touchdown scoring. The matchup this week is all right. Uh, but yeah. I can see this being all about the running backs this week, you know, as the Packers. They're favored by more than a touchdown in London. It's possible that Daniel Jones doesn't even play. And if he doesn't, that would really suck. So 
I can see the Packers controlling this game through. This mean a lot of Aaron Jones and a lot of AJ Dillon. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, the Giants, the thing that's been keeping the Giants afloat has been the defense. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's still building that connection with receivers, the receivers that he has, Romeo Dubs, Christian Watson. We've talked about them at length on this podcast. But um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, you're seeing what you're going to get with him this season unless somebody really steps up and this offense changes. Uh, even though the receivers are starting to look better, you know, and they're starting to look like they're gelling a little bit more with Aaron Rodgers, I think the offense still runs through the running backs. Aaron Rodgers is a very good talent. He can throw the ball very well, but the receivers just, he doesn't have a playmaker now like Devontae Adams. And I don't want to chalk it all up to Devontae Adams, but these are still young guys on the perimeter, on the outside, catching passes. Give it a little bit more time. But until then, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's kind of stuck at at this ceiling. He keeps hitting that 17 point ceiling. I think he's going to be at that point for a little while yet because Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are a great one too in the backfield. They can lean on them. And especially in a game against New York where I could see them actually going up, uh, it could be a running back day, like you said. I got Russell Wilson at number 15. We talked about him already. Uh, Ryan Tannehill at 16, like one of those guys who just just ends up getting it done for fantasy for you for the most part. Uh, Good matchup against Washington. Uh, Geno Smith at 17 here. Some people might be surprised that I have him that low, you know, after, you know, he's kind of been the talk of quarterbacks, uh, you know, after after week four. But it, it is a little bit of a tough matchup for him. It's not like he's been you know, killer every single week this mm-hmm. year. Um, the fact that they've upped the pace is is a great thing, and that's that's good for him. It's positive for his prospects moving forward. Uh, but New Orleans is relatively tough matchup. You know, uh, allowed only three touchdown passes uh, in the last four weeks. Uh, Kirk Cousins looked relatively sharp. You know, he did throw that pick. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, if it was it was, it was tipped or, or it dropped past something like that. Um, yeah, but so. you know, he did throw the touchdown, 273 yards last week. But um, you know. That New Orleans defense is relatively good, I would say. Um, and they're playing they're gonna be at home. So not necessarily, you know, my favorite matchup for Geno Smith. So I don't want to elevate him over these other guys here. Who would you rather play this week? Geno or Ryan Tannehill? I'm gonna go with Gino. But then if you ask yeah. me if I'm gonna go Gino or Russell Wilson, who's the next highest ranked guy, I'm going Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I, I, agree. I, I think Geno Smith has a higher ceiling than Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, right. Tannehill has the floor. But uh um, New Orleans is a tough matchup. I'll give him that. And we have seen Gino look like Gino Smith, and we've seen Gino look like Russell Wilson, which is fun <laughs> to say. But um, so I, I think, you know, I'll take the chances on Gino Smith. Even though Ryan Tannehill, you know, he does have a good matchup against Washington, uh, I'll take my chances with Gino Smith. I hear that. Um, I got Marcus Mariota at 18, Matthew Stafford at 19. Uh, Stafford's been terrible for fantasy this year. He's really hard to trust, you know, and, and he's going up against Dallas, which is a tough defense. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm not putting Matthew Stafford in my lineup unless it's a two quarterback league. Uh, and even then I might just put Jacoby Brissett in there instead, just so I can get a safe floor. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. The thing about Matthew Stafford is not only is he not putting up a whole lot of points, but he's throwing picks and he's turning the ball over. And that just, yes. that's negative points. And that's what's hurting him. If you take away the negative points, he's probably going to be ranked somewhere between 14 and 15, but he's just, been turning he might the ball be ranked, over like listen, he might be ranked as a top 12, top 13 quarterback if he wasn't throwing so many damn interceptions, man. Right. He's putting up the yards. Uh, but but yeah, no, it's it's, he it's has, pretty bad. He has what six interceptions in four weeks. Uh, I think he's good for one of those against Dallas, too. Um, especially with the pressure they're probably gonna be getting on him. It's it, it, it's funny because uh every time uh my guy Zerk, who's also an underdog partner, he he tweeted at underdog and said, like, hey, like, can we get a line? For a you know plus you know over zero point five interceptions from Matt Stafford, and then Underdog replied to him and replied his to his tweet and with a screenshot of them adding it. So they did add it. Nice. This week. I so, thought you were gonna say they're gonna be like no, and they make it one of those special offers. You know how they do it, where it's like yeah, over yeah. under one passing yard. Like no, they literally they literally added it for us so we can all uh, choose that. So yeah, so 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 take advantage of the underdog. And if you're not, if you don't know what underdog is, uh, you guys should check it out. Uh, check out their pickums. I'm gonna have my pickums available on Instagram in, in a couple of hours uh, tonight with all of my picks. Um, and you guys should really take advantage of that because I've been on fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I I've been on fire. And I just let you guys know what I have as a little preview. Uh, I I have Naheem Hines uh, under. 70.5 rushing receiving yards. I have Naheem Hines, uh, four receptions. I have the the over on that. Well, I can't, I'm not allowed to say over. What am I supposed to say? Higher, 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 higher yes. than four receptions. Daily Michael Pittman, sports. 
Not betting. <laughs> Michael Pittman, higher than 5.5 receptions. I have Russell Wilson under 0.5 interceptions. I don't think he throws a pick tonight. I do think he will throw two touchdowns, so I have him uh, higher than 1.5 touchdowns. So uh, I have a bunch of these available, and you guys, all you got to do is just put them a bunch of those picks together uh, in one entry, and you can basically multiply your money. So if you choose four of them, you end up, and you get them all right, you're going to text 10x whatever you put in so if i put in 10 bucks i'm getting 40 bucks back if i'm if i put in 50 bucks uh I, i'm gonna get back 500 back you know if, and if you get if you choose five of those picks and you get all five of those right you're gonna 20x your money in one yep. night okay so it's definitely worth trying out so uh go over to underdog fantasy download the app make sure you use the code upper hand when you make your first deposit because your the first deposit will get doubled with that promo code upper hand all right so make sure you check 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 that out uh we've been on fire i see like i i I said we've been on fire so many times now that i feel like i'm just jinxing the shit out of it like now like we're gonna go for like over eight yeah well we're gonna ride it we're gonna ride the momentum while we can like we're riding clyde edwards hilarious momentum (laughs) it's true and speaking of clyde edwards hilarious let's get into our running back rankings uh i have him ranked pretty high honestly uh he's not in this top 10 but you'll see where he's at once we get there um but you know i have saquon barkley here at number one uh, obviously, because he is killing it. And he's literally yeah. the only running back who you feel comfortable putting in your lineup, him and Nick Chubb at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but he's playing in London. Uh, you know, Saquon's actually from London. Saquon's actually what? From London. Did you oh, know really? No, no, I didn't know not. that. He's not. He's I, not I from London. So. I was going to say. He's not. And Nick but, uh, Chubb at number two, which is very unlike me. Yeah. However... The Chargers are allowing 6.1 yards per carry to opposing running backs this season. Uh, they're allowing the third most fantasy points to running back. Chubb's already killing it. I, I don't see how you you know you don't rank him this high as a top two running back. Um, he's averaging only 0.1 PPR fantasy points per game, less than Saquon so far through four weeks. Yeah, I mean, and this is like one of the most surprising developments having Nick Chubb at two. I thought there would be a lot more running backs higher than him because Nick Chubb mm-hmm. has that role that isn't as fancy conducive as say Saquon Barkley. The cool thing about Saquon Barkley is he got snaps at quarterback last week. <laughs> because they <laughs> so, have so nobody left. <laughs> he, ha- he has to be the RB1 this week, right? Maybe we rank him at quarterbacks. I don't know. But yeah, Saquon is pretty much unquestioned RB1 right now. Um, you know, shout out to the Saquon believers because I, I didn't think that was going to happen. And same with Nick Chubb at two. I didn't think we'd be ranking him this high either. But clearly his talent is getting it done. They're, they're happy running the offense through Nick Chubb. And it's been giving them pretty much success. Like I said, I didn't see how I didn't see it coming. With Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, I didn't I didn't see it coming. But I'm happy that Nick Chubb's doing well. These are really the one-two that you can trust. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I'd say you're close to trusting Christian McCaffrey after last week. Um, see it again, you'll feel much better. But outside of that, I think any of these guys are liable to have like just a dud week. Um, and talking about Nick Chubb, the last time, if you remember the last time Chargers and the Browns played, it was an absolute track meet. And Nick Chubb rushed for 160 yards and a touchdown. So we might we might be seeing more of that again this week. I think so. You know, I'm I'm happy that McCaffrey got the receiving work last week. You know, he caught all oh, yeah. nine of his targets for 81 yards. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see 25 carries from Christian McCaffrey. We want to see you know nine, ten targets. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, this is a tough matchup for him. This you know for them this week for the entire offense. Like Baker Mayfield going up against San Francisco, like. I, I don't want to see that. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's scary to me. Um, but Christian McCaffrey, you know, he should come through, you know, if he sees another boatload of targets. And that's that's what we're hoping for. I think that's very much in the cards. Um, especially, say, you know, Nick Bosa, I think, has a chance to really make Baker Mayfield look bad. And that could result in him kind of uh, being benched. If we could see Baker Mayfield kind of pulled out and Sam Darnold goes in, um, Christian McCaffrey might have a higher ceiling. It wouldn't be much higher, but he might have a higher ceiling. Obviously, the quarterback situation in Carolina is pretty bad. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey, he looked good last week. He caught all of his targets. Um, I think they're going to have to go to him many times because the pass rush is going to be getting to Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, I like Christian McCaffrey as the outlet man. He's going to get a bunch of targets again. I think you'll be pleased with where he finishes this week. I think um, I think it's going to happen in terms of that quarterback change. It, mm-hmm. You know, The only, only thing that's stopping that from happening is that Sam Darnold isn't healthy yet. And, right. and Matt ruled multiple times, you know, over the past two weeks, multiple times. He's like, hey, like, you know, what do you think about Sam? You think Sam can get a shot at quarterback? He's like, you know, Sam's not healthy yet, you know, but he never says that Baker's my guy. 
you know, Baker's our guy. He's never been saying that. He's just like, you know, Darnold's just not. Oh gonna, yeah, that's he's, that, he's not that's ready. Rough. You know, uh, so like it's just it's, it's so bad. Happen. Once Darnold, once Darnold's healthy, they're they're gonna make that quarterback switch. I didn't even know Sam Darnold wasn't healthy. That is my yeah, yeah. He's no a little, he's still a little banged up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm calling. We're we're calling for it. You know, Baker Mayfield's performance is like even if he's injured, put him in. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just true, something, it's please. <laughs> All right, I got Joe Mixon here at number four. Uh, this is about four or five spots above consensus as well. But he's been getting some serious opportunity this year, uh, and it's gonna turn into a blow up game at some point. And in this game, like we talked about before, there's gonna be a lot of scoring in this game and the Ravens on the low they're allowing 4.8 yards per carry to running backs so I think uh this is an opportunity for Joe Mixon to potentially have a, a pretty decent game this this um this game is going to be conducive to a ton of fantasy points and like looking at these other guys like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook like I think I'd rather have Joe Mixon in my lineup right now yeah I, I think that's fair and like you said about the usage it's just it's been there this whole season um the production has matched it some days not so much other days it was. I think he had a quiet week last week. So, ton of work. Just a quiet yeah. week. I was. I think. Oh yeah, I'm remembering now. It's coming back to me. He had like 24 carries for 60 yards. Like, if he's any more efficient with those carries, even you know, he's going to have a much better fantasy day. I think we're in line to see a big game from both offenses, like we talked about already when we talked about Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. Um, Mixon has quietly been, you know, one of the best utilized running backs in the league so far. I I, I think having him at four isn't crazy. I don't think. It's like over, it might be over consensus, but I don't think it's out of proportion the way we're ranking him this week. No, I I don't think so. Uh, we have Derrick Henry at number five. Uh, we have Dalvin Cook at number six. Derrick Henry's been getting it done over the past two weeks. So, you know, I'm going to keep starting him, obviously. Uh, he's one of the guys that you don't take out of your lineup at this point. Dalvin Cook, I think this is a get right spot for him. Um, he was on his way to a huge game in Detroit, you know, before he got hurt. Yeah. And I think he should be able to get it done against the Chicago defense, who has given up 4.8 yards per carry this year. Uh, Minnesota should have no problem controlling this game um, unless Chicago ends up, you know, controlling the clock with the run game. And, but in terms of the score, um, I think Dalvin Cook is going to end up, you know, getting some work, again, a lot of work because of that, because it's going to be a positive game script. Um, Minnesota yeah. also has the sixth highest implied total for the week. So Vegas does believe that Minnesota is going to be uh, scoring a lot of points in this game. Yep, that's that's fair. I think, you know, we saw Dalvin Cook last week. He didn't look bad. It was just, you know, a Justin Jefferson day. And we said that last time in yeah. week one that Justin Jefferson had a day. Um, the truth remains. The fact remains, you know, he's still getting the usage that we want him to. And it's been the same story with Joe Mixon. He hasn't produced like it. It His blow up game is coming and Chicago might be a good spot for that to happen. Because I like think you so. Said about, like you said about the game script, I'm kind of just repeating what you said, but, you know, you can't. I don't. You can't say also, it enough. His usage is just right there. I also don't think that Madison, you know, like last week, Madison ended up getting like goal line work. I don't think that's going to happen all the time, right? So like, you yeah. know, that that touching the one to Madison, you know, I, I think Dalvin Cook is going to be their primary goal line guy. Like Madison will vulture some here and there, but I'm not worried about it. I, I don't think they're going to take that role away from Dalvin Cook. No. Um, and like I said, yeah, if you ahead. look at his product, Alexander Madison's production last week, it might look like he has more of a role. But it was a catch and a touchdown from 15 yards out on a third and 15. So <laughs> it, it's not sustainable the production they had in the red zone. You know, I think, like you said, Dalvin Cook's a guy. Austin Eckler, I have him at number seven. Uh, James Robinson, I have at number eight. Uh, and this might seem a little high, but listen, the Texans have been absolutely terrible when it comes to defending running backs. We know that James Robinson has got it done in a big way over the first three weeks of the season. Uh, had a tough matchup last week, but the Texans have allowed five yards per carry to running backs on the ground this year. They've allowed the most fantasy points to the position by far through four weeks. So, you know, with the Jaguars likely controlling this game, I think Robinson should have a game script as well that could lead to a huge workload. Uh, 100%. You know, we saw what Austin Eckler did. Austin Eckler was able to get right, you know, against Houston last week. And I think it could be the same thing for James Robinson. Not that he has to get right, but he had a tough matchup, like you said, in Philly, in a monsoon almost. You know, can't really hold that one against him. I I'd like him to get back definitely to the production that he had the first few weeks of the season. I, I think he's good for a rushing touchdown <laughs> in this game um, and more. You know, if he can break, if he could break a run or two, he'll be fine. I, I don't think Houston is any as anything 
anybody scared of running into. Maybe Travis Etienne even, you know, gets a little bit of extra work in this game. Maybe if they want to keep him fresh, if that's what's working for the offense, you know, they could use Etienne and Robinson the same way. But I think Robinson has established himself as the lead back. You don't have to worry about Travis Etienne um, cutting James Robinson's workload out too much that he's not going to produce. And it, it, it is it is possible. I just want to say that because they did get the same amount of carries last week. Um, right. And the rushing share has, you know, every single week, it's been getting closer to even. And, you know, it is possible that they just kind of wanted Travis Etienne to get used to the NFL because this is his first four games in the NFL. Um, right. However, I have more confidence, a lot more confidence that James Robinson will be the lead back. Um, you know, his yards after contact per attempt has gone down each of the last four weeks, and he looked really good after contact in week one and looked good in week two, but it has gone down. His efficiency has gone down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Something to kind of just keep in mind. However, that's not affecting how I'm ranking him this week. I think he's going to be able to kind of get right, you know, against the uh, against the Texans. I think a lot of a lot of running backs do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jamal Williams at number nine. You know, obviously he was able to get it done last week. Uh, two touchdowns on the ground. Did he get two? I think he had two, right? Um, uh, I'm mistaken. He he definitely had a hundred yards on the ground. He had he had the volume as well. Um, so he was able to get it done for you in a big way. Yeah. Um, Jamal Williams, you talk about him. Right? Yeah, he has two touchdowns. He has yeah. two touchdowns in three or four games on Jesus. the ground. So he's been a touchdown machine. He's actually the outright touchdown leader for scrimmage touchdowns outside of quarterbacks, too. So, you know, he, you can start him with confidence. And he has those games, even with DeAndre Swift on the field for those first three. So crazy, crazy. Um, I have Khalil Herbert here at number 10. Um, I just think that, you know, like we talked about a couple times already, that the Bears, you know, they want to establish the run. You know, he got the work last week. He got a ton of volume, and he was playing on like 85 or 90% of snaps last week. So he was the every every down back for uh, for the Bears. Um, right. And Minnesota, they're not great against the run. Um, they've allowed 4.5 yards per carry uh, two running backs, and I think that this is going to end up being a game where he can rack up volume and rack up production. Yep, I, I don't think there's any reason to doubt that because that's all the Bears can do, and that's all the Bears plan to do. Evidently, I don't think they're um, ashamed of it. They're just going to run the ball. Um, they don't seem to trust Justin Fields. The only way that they're going to be able to produce on offense is through the run game. Khalil Herbert is the RB one on that offense as long as David Montgomery isn't playing. You can start him with confidence this week. I agree. I agree. All right. We got at number 11, we got Aaron Jones here. Um, Daniel Jones might not play this week, but regardless, like this feels like a game where the Packers will depend on their running game to close it out, even just to start it out. Uh, but the Giants have allowed 5.1 yards per carry so far through four games to running backs. That's not good. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think the, I think Green Bay, we mentioned Aaron Rodgers, you know, them not depending on the pass game. And, you know, Green Bay will likely attack the Giants on the ground. So Aaron Jones, you know, we got we were a little worried after week one. But since then, um, he, he's been having a very solid workload. And I, I would be happy to start him as a as a low end RB1 this week. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, like it's like we talked about and you just said about um, the backers might not be going to the air as much. They might just rely on the ground game because that's what the Giants have kind of been weak to. Um, Aaron Jones is a very, very good running back, fancy running back. His usage has been there. Not necessarily what we've come to expect. You know, since A.J. Dillon's been around, his workload hasn't been what it can be. But he's still a very good running back. I like Aaron Jones, even though, you know, he, he'll have his off games. He'll also have his blow-up games. No reason to not have him in your lineup. That's game-winning, league, what's called week-winning potential um, at running back. On the low, Josh Jacobs has been legit. And the Chiefs, too, like, they've been a good – rushing defense they've allowed the fourth least yards per carry to running backs uh only 3.1 yards a carry and the least amount of rushing yards in the nfl to running backs um now last week you saw what happened right the bucks completely abandoned the run right mm-hmm. um leonard fournette only had three carries rashad white only got three carries now check this out the Chiefs have also allowed the six most fantasy points <laughs> to running backs because yeah. of how much they've killed them through the air uh, they've allowed the most receptions and receiving yards to running backs. And now with what seems like a new role for Josh Jacobs, 89% of snaps, 73% wrap participation, 20% target share last week, all the two-minute snaps, we might be seeing a new Josh Jacobs. And yeah. that's why I have him uh, ranked a lot higher than I normally would. 
Mm-hmm. And you don't want to overreact, you know, to a 34-point performance like he had last week in PPR at least. But the workload, it's not that the usage hasn't been there. It's not that the workload hasn't been there. He's been getting that workload. Um, it just recently, at least on the ground, it just recently came on these past few weeks that he's getting work through the air. And he's really capitalized on that. He's caught, I think, 10 of 11 targets over the past two weeks. So he's making money in the passing game. Um, that's definitely upping his floor. But, you know, it seems like Josh Jacobs is the new cog in the offense. You know, we thought it would be Devonta Adams and Derek Carr doesn't seem to want to throw to him. And Darren Waller's in that offense, you know. Of all of the fantasy assets that you have in that offense, was Josh Jacobs a guy that you think is going to be the focus of the offense? No, but it seems to be the case. Um, like I said, he's Mr. Usage for me. I mean, I, I've seen him. He's, his production wasn't lined up. I've, I've looked through his stats every week and been like, man, he's getting all these carries. And all these targets, you know, it hasn't really come together. Well, it came together against Denver. And I didn't really think it would because Denver is a good defense. But he, he he finally capitalized. He kind of broke out for this season. I think that he could be, you know, a really good running back moving forward. He is the RB7. He's benefiting a lot from that humongous game that he had last week. But I think if he can settle down right in that 20-point range, you know, you got yourself a very strong low-end RB1. Uh, I, that's how I deploy him this this week. Yeah. Um, Alan Kamara, I have my number 13, you know, I would normally have him higher, but Hey, like we haven't seen him play in a couple of weeks. He said that he was going to play this week. So, you know, hopefully he is, he's still, you know, I don't think he's practicing full yet. I think he got a limited in on Wednesday. So just keep him, keep an eye on that. He had limited all week, limited practices all week last week and, and then, and ended up not playing. So keep an eye on his status going into the weekend. He said he will play, you know, don't necessarily trust his word for it. Um, yeah. but you know. If he's if he's out there, I would I would play him. You know, Jamal Williams was able to get it done last week uh, against the Seahawks. This is a decent matchup. Have him in your lineup if he does end up playing. Yeah, Mister Fly to London and then decide he's not going to play <laughs> ten minutes before game time. Hey yeah. man, he just wanted a trip. He just <laughs> yeah. wanted to see Big Ben and London Bridge and all that. You know what I'm saying? He just wanted a little trip out of it. Sometimes he's paid sometimes paid he's for. <laughs> he, he's getting the um was he there is, did, would he have ptsd from the minneapolis miracle you know it's the vikings they were playing maybe that's what kept him out he was of the probably game. there yeah he must have been right what was that 2017 <laughs> i think that was his rookie season but um yeah maybe, maybe he just didn't want to face that again <laughs> i have clatter with Tiller at 14 uh i want to trade him away before the luck runs out but if i have him he's going to be in my lineup until that luck runs out <laughs> yeah that's what I said. Like nobody expected him to continue this production, but it, it's just keeps going. And that's why I said I, we talked about it yesterday on the buy sell pod. We said, you know, he's like the ideal trade piece because you're looking for someone to trade. His value just keeps appreciating and he's doing it while he's in your lineup. So, you know, you can't really go wrong with that type of production. Um, it's not sustainable. Uh, we, we're going to keep calling him out on it. If this rides out all the way through the season, you know, we will happily take the L, but I, I don't think this is going to continue. Leonard Fournette, I have him at 15 here. That's quite the drop uh, from where I had him in week three. Um, and part of the reason for that is Rashad White was pretty involved last week. And this is not something we really went over, I don't think, in the review last week on Monday. But Rashad White, he was involved from the beginning of that game. Um, yeah. And it wasn't even like, you know, this was garbage time where he was really getting it done. He got it done. He was being used in the passing game as well. So if this is a thing moving forward, that's not good for Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, this is something that we, you know, talked about in the in the offseason because we really liked Rashad White and him and his ability in the past game. And he was able to show that show that, you know, this week, um, yeah. this past week. So, you know, we don't know that if this is going to be a permanent thing or not. We don't know if Fournette was dealing with some sort of issue, injury, but he wasn't on the injury report this week. So, you know, moving forward, we'll see what that what that looks like. But I, I think that. I can't rank him in the top 12 after after what I saw this past week in terms of the usage. Well, yeah, it was definitely skewed usage because, you know, I guess the Chiefs are playing down from down immediately. So it might have changed their game plan a little bit, but it doesn't change the fact. You know, I think they Rashad White and Leonard Fournette, both against Kansas City, both got three carries. And Leonard Fournette went backwards. I think he had negative three rushing yards. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's easy to beat negative three rushing yards. Rashad White did have – he only had six yards, but he did have a rushing touchdown. Um, and he had work in the receiving game. The big takeaway for me isn't so much that, you know, we should be worried about Leonard Fournette. I think it's going to go back to where it needs to be against Atlanta. Leonard Fournette's going to get his carries. And it'll be a much more balanced workload. I'm still a bigger fan of Leonard Fournette, obviously, going forward. I think he's still a low-end RB1 at worst. But what that, tell, what that told me about 
last week the usage is that if Leonard Fournette will go down, you know, Rashad White, you know, he's going to have tons of value. He's going to be a, a big producer. I think he might be an RB one handcuff because you look at what he did in the receiving. He would be game. a top. He would be a top six seven running back. Yeah, it, it would, would just would, be if Leonard Fournette went down in this game. In week six, he'll be top six or seven running back in my rankings. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because like I said, you know, we were, I, I, I don't know about you, but I was wondering, you know, like, okay, we talked up Rashad White this whole offseason. He hasn't really shown us much, you know, last week. He hasn't week, gotten the opportunity until this yeah, past week. that's what I mean. So last yeah. week, now he's showing us, okay, even with the limited opportunity he got, put up 14 points. Like, yeah, come on. This guy is going to be an elite handcuff for you. Uh, that's why we've been telling you to have him. We've had him on the waiver wire th- uh, pod every time. I think this year, like yeah. we've been telling you to pick him up, stash him. Um, definitely worth it. You know, we we just saw what he can do, and I kind of got off track talking about Leonard Fournette, but Rashad White, you know, real real potential there, for sure. Um, I have Damian Pierce here at number sixteen. Um, not an ideal game script situation for Pierce, but the Texans have shown that they want their offense to be based around him, even if they're down a bit. Um, so yeah. I think regardless of game script at this point, like he's going to be a solid RB two. He's kind of being used that way where if they're down, they're still going to kind of give him some work. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and the talent, right? We saw what he's capable of. We're big fans of his and the talent kind of outweighs this at this point. Uh, if if we knew that he was going to be just taken off the field when they go down, that's one thing, but they haven't, they haven't shown that. Um, yeah. So I think that he's solid and he'll give you 15 plus carries and he has the 20 carry upside if the game is relatively close. Yeah, I like Damian Pierce for that. You know, it seems like, like you said, regardless of the game script, he's going to be on the field. He actually got some receiving work last week, which was good. Um, that's what we had seen the first few weeks. Uh, there's no reason to think that he won't continue that production. RB2, definitely moving forward. With RB1 upside, weekly RB1 upside, I'd say. For sure. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I, I have him here next. Like, he had another big week. Um, you know, 14 carries, five targets, 19 opportunities. Um, 25% target share last week. He outsnapped Damian Harris and ran around on more than 50% of dropbacks. And that's the reason why he's being ranked above Damian Harris. And this week in particular, this is a really good matchup against Detroit. We saw, we saw what uh, Rashad Penny was able to do last week. A few other running backs have done their thing against Detroit. So, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, when you watch him play, like he looks really good. Yeah, He looks like a really good running back. And, you know, I'm not surprised that he is – you know, out there more often than Damian Harris. Damian Harris did, I think he ended up out touching him in the run game. Yes, Damian Harris ended up having 18 yeah. carries in this game. And I think it's going to be a very similar this week in terms of both of these guys, you know, getting enough carries uh, for them to kind of get it done. And remember, the, Vegas has the Patriots favored in this game. So it seems to me like, you know, if, if that holds up, uh, the Patriots are going to be able to divvy up uh, enough work for both of these guys to for, for both of them to get it done. Yeah, and then you also consider, you know, that they're not going to have, I mean, presumably they're not going to have Mac Jones or maybe even Brian Hoyer. They're going to be operating, presumably, with a backup quarterback. So that spells just RB usage, you know. And they're not going to necessarily be chucking it downfield, chucking it around the yard. I, I think that we're going to see plenty of ground game work for both of them, but also in the receiving game. I, I like Ramondre Stevenson to kind of replicate the line that he's had the past two weeks of like five targets. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, Devin Singletary, I have him here at number 18. This might be low. I might want to move Singletary up to maybe to 16 above Damian Pierce Um, just because of the usage that he's had over the past two weeks. You know, we talked about it, right? Devin Singletary, let's see. Devin Singletary, 87% of snaps last week, 76% route participation, five targets, 11 carries, 16 opportunities, 16% target share. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's serious opportunity right there. He kind of underperformed, and he's been one of our guys that we would try to buy. We talked about him yesterday. Um, so I might move him above Damian Pierce this week, especially if you're in a PPR league, because he's been getting a ton of targets over the past couple weeks. And overall this season, I think he's at like the third or fourth most targets. Uh, he's also ran the most routes of any running back in the entire NFL this season. So uh, he's being used a ton. Uh, so I think I'm going to move him above Damian Pierce, especially in the PPR league. In a in a, in a standard or half point, maybe I'll lean Pierce. Um, but I think Singletary's usage, Reminder Stevenson's usage might be a little bit close. 
I think the reason why I had Ramondre Stevenson over Singletary, because I think Stevenson has a better chance of knocking it into the end zone than Singletary does, uh, because they don't really use him like in a goal line type capacity. Um, So, so I, I might have Ramondre at, it seems about right. You know, this is, they're kind of in a similar range to me. How would you rank these three guys if you had to? I like the way you have them. Okay. Just here on the okay. graphic with Damian Pierce, 16, Ramondre, 17, Devin Single, Devin Singletary, 18. Um, okay. With Devin Singletary, you know, we talked about him being a buy, yes, but I think I'm not buying him as a mid RB2. You know, I think he has low end RB2 appeal. I think that's kind of where his ceiling is. He does have the usage, but like you said, his touchdown uh, ceiling seems to be pretty low. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times. I've seen the Bills get into the red zone or close to the red zone, and they're, they're calling run plays to Josh Allen, or they're calling pass plays that run all over the yard and then throw it to Isaiah McKenzie. You know, it's like, I, I don't think that the offense, they're not very keen on running the ball just right, right up the middle of Devin Singletary at the goal line. They'll get the, hands, the ball in the hands of Josh Allen, let him do his thing. Um, but getting down there, you know, he does have that receiving upside, like we said. Uh, it looks much better than it did last season, and he is a buy, but I'm not buying him to be you know, stronger than Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson this week. Other weeks, maybe I'd say Singletary over Stevenson, but Stevenson has a great matchup against Detroit. 100%. So we have James Conner at 19, Brees Hall at 20. Um, do you think Brees Hall is a little bit too low this week? Yeah, I was going to say that. You know, you're talking about moving Singletary up. I- I'd move Brees Hall up over Ramondre Stevenson because we talked about his workload going up, and I like his talent a lot more than Devin Singletary, and I like his role in the Jets' offense a lot more than Singletary's offense in Buffalo. Singletary's role in Buffalo. I think that Brees Hall, you know, we said he's on the upswing right now, and this might be one of the last buy low weeks. Uh, I think that this could be the week where he shows where he kind of cuts off that buy low window, and it's going to be, you know, buy high if you're going to take him now. Yeah, I'm with you. So where would you have him if, if you had to rank him? I, I put him above Stevenson. I put him at. Gotcha. See, that makes him what, 17? Yes. Yeah, that would make him 17. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I think that I think that that makes sense. Um, he has been, you know, targeted a ton, and even with Zach Wilson coming back, you know, he has been targeted. James Conner, a little bit of a tough matchup there. Uh, but yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I just have, I think, I have more confidence in those other guys. Uh, it's a, it is a little bit of a tough matchup against Miami. Um, but Brees Hall, you know, he has that ability to have some sort of a game-breaking week at some point. It's gonna happen. Yeah. All right, let's move on to twenty-one through 30 uh damian harris again i have him here at number 21 because of the matchup we talked about it he could get some volume in this game could punch one in uh into the end zone as well melvin gordon we talked about him at 22 a little bit conservative ranking here uh for him but we want to see what that role looks like you know going forward tonight rashad penny at 23 against new orleans you know uh, this is a little bit of a tough matchup for him uh the seahawks also don't have a huge implied total uh, they did last week, <laughs> but not this week against yeah. New Orleans. So I have him a little bit low. Uh, um, one thing. Go ahead. Uh, he didn't practice yesterday, Rashad Penny. He did have something he said about his shoulder. He had some sort of shoulder issue that's flaring up. I don't know. I don't think it's going to affect him this week, but definitely something to monitor because, you know, Kenneth Walker's waiting in the wings. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So, yeah, just something to keep an eye. I'm not sure if you saw that report, but I, 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 did. I did. Keep keep an eye on his uh, practice status on Thursday. Yeah. That will definitely be telling. Uh, you know, for <laughs> if we have to worry or not going into the weekend. That was kind of a red alert for me because he's my fill-in running back for DeAndre Swift, and I've if I have both of them out, that's going to be an issue. We got J.K. Dobbins at 24 against Cincinnati. Uh, a lot of points in this game. I think J.K. Dobbins, he's a low-end RB2 just because of the fact that he, my, my guess is that he'll likely continue to split carries. Um, doesn't have that 20-carry workload, you know, just yet, uh, if he ever does. Uh, so that's why I have him here. But, you know, he's good to potentially punch in a touchdown and potentially give you 15 carries in this game. And, and you know, this is a tough matchup against Cincinnati. They haven't really... Uh, let up against running backs uh, right. but i at the same time i do think that um you know, he could get it done now we'll go back to a shot penny real quick i just want to say that new orleans you know even though it's a little bit of a tough matchup they have a 20 they, they've given up 20 carries to one running back in each of the last four weeks <laughs> so <laughs> even though it's a, a tough matchup you know the seahawks are also five and a half point underdogs uh but it's interesting that you know Rashad penny might end up getting that workload regardless right. um we got Jeff Wilson at 25, solid start. Um, a little, you know, Carolina's been solid against the ground, uh, but he's been doing his thing. 
you know you might want to move mm-hmm. him up actually you know if you want to move him up to like maybe right after Melvin Gordon um would you start him over Rashad Penny this week um yeah he's been given, getting it done yeah given Rashad Penny's matchup and you know like I said about his shoulder I'm not going to put everything on Rashad Penny's sh- shoulder being an issue I think he's going to play but Jeff Wilson he's been good for pretty much the exact same production every week which is solid low-end RB2 numbers he's a good fill-in he's not someone like if you're oh and four or one and three I might throw Penny in because of his upside, but if you're chilling, you know, one of your running backs went down. If you had Javante Williams and you were a three and one team, you know, Jeff Wilson can start. I think he has a nice floor. You can rely on him each week to have at least solid production. We talked about Naheem Hines already. We have him at 26 here. Miles Sanders at 27. Uh, he had a solid week last week. Um, AJ Dillon at 28. I think, you know, they're going to end up running the ball a lot in this game. This might be a little bit low for AJ Dillon, but to be honest with you, he's a little bit touchdown dependent, right? He has to get in oh, the yeah. end zone for him to do his thing. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I have him at 29. That's a little bit above consensus as well. Uh, he's had a pretty good usage last week. And against the Jets, I think that they might end up uh, relying on the running backs a little bit more with Teddy Bridgewater in there. Um, and, you know, he's getting the, the routes as well. So he might end up getting targeted out of the backfield by Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I have Najee Harris here at number 30, dude. Like, that's really, really low. Yeah. And I no just, you know, I just, you know, he had no targets last week. He hasn't been getting anywhere close to the same amount of targets that he's been getting that he got last year in his rookie year. The offense isn't as good. We'll see what Kenny Pickett can bring. Um, but we haven't seen Kenny Pickett target Najee yet. Uh, despite him having a whole half of football last last week, and yeah. they're going up against Buffalo in Buffalo, like this just doesn't scream like anything good. Like I just have more confidence and more. I think there's a lot more upside with all these running backs that I just mentioned. Right. So this is where I'm starting drawing line. This is like the Kyle Pitts of running backs right now. You know, he hasn't really produced like we wanted to, and obviously <laughs> it's been it's been solid. It's been relatively solid. Um, you know, given the way running backs are, they haven't been. It hasn't been the high scoring position as it's you as it usually is so far this season, but you know, he hasn't been getting it done. You know, whatever way you want to cut it. If you want to call 13 points as his ceiling this so far this season, good. Uh, you can do what you want to do. But Najee Harris hasn't been getting it done. And, you know, of course I was big on him heading in the season. But the offense is, I think, worse than I even imagined it. So yeah, I don't think there's a problem with having Najee at 30. I think it's crazy, man. It's very, very, very conservative. I think his ceiling is there because we know what Najee Harris can do. But until he gets any type of any type of workload close to what he was getting last year, you know, he's kind of going to be stuck in purgatory right now. I think if he wasn't playing against Buffalo, I think I would have a little bit more confidence in him. Well, yeah, right? he might he's be just getting some sort of work at that point. Yeah, you know? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Buffalo. He has. He actually has two really difficult matches matchups coming up. Buffalo, and he follows that with Tampa Bay next week. So, oh, okay. All right, be a two, rough two game stretch. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us uh, this week. We appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you so much. If you can rate and review the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world to us. And uh, and yeah, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with wide receiver and tight end rankings. We'll go over Thursday night football and any other sort of injury news that come up that comes up uh, between today and tomorrow. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Take it easy for me and Zach. See ya.